Welcome to the Less Stress Family Podcast, where we believe you are fallible and what you do matters. This is episode 109. I am Justin. And I'm Shauna Wood. How are you, honey? I am tired. How are you? Yeah. It's been a long week. Yes. Are we done yet? I was going to say, and it's, yeah, not done yet. Not done yet. Thank you to everyone listening. We're going to continue to persevere, so we want you all to continue to persevere and continue the good the good fight that you're doing. And why is there antivirus popping up right now? Okay, it's just an ad, I think. <laughs> okay, so um, today's topic, we're just going to, I'm just going to briefly cover one concept from Extreme Ownership, the book by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. It's yes. been a very important book, I feel like, in our life. I do. Yeah. So why are we talking about Extreme Ownership? <laughs> Let me tell because... you why. Because no one wants to take ownership over anything in our society anymore. And everybody wants to talk about whose fault it is. It's this person's fault or it's that person's fault. And extreme ownership basically just says, no, it's your fault. If you are a leader, it's your fault. If you are under a leader, it's still your fault. You need to communicate with your leader if you haven't done that. You know, you need to up and, uh, Jocko says, up and down the chain of command. Like, it's your job. It, it moves every which way. <laughs> Right. Right. So all this entitlement, all this, um, we just blame everybody for everything. Any politician, you want to blame them. Any who, you know, I mean, who, even uh, institutions and systems. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, like and, not just people. And it's like no one is expected to like change their own self. Right. right? It's all. It's just, I don't know, it's where we're headed, or it's where we're at as a society, and we're not headed in a good direction unless people start taking ownership. So the story I have for this, you have anything else? Go, go no, ahead. go ahead. Um, this is crazy, because I actually heard of Jocko way before Jocko had retired and started writing all his books and doing his podcast. Um, I had a friend, well, we had a, I met <laughs> in Ethiopia. He came and lived with me for a couple of months. His name was Alex. And Alex was just a pretty amazing guy. Um, he, um, he had lived a very hard life. Uh, he was still, he was young, but gosh, he was full of wisdom and full of just life. <laughs> but he had done, he had basically had a radical conversion experience at some point in his life. And he had done all kinds of crazy, dangerous things, um, like not good things in his life. And now I think he was like in the national news for being a, pol- a police officer, the things he did like a few years ago. Anyway, legit dude, but I had no, I didn't have a grid for Alex really. Uh, he was just a cool guy, but he talked about his brother being a SEAL on the SEAL teams, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And but he talks so, um, I've never seen someone talk about their brother that way while they're still alive. Respectfully, yeah, just honoring and respectful of his brother, and just looking up to his brother, and just like, wow, you know. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I was like, it's kind of weird how cool he's talking about his brother you know right and so at some point he he said he told me about Jocko and about jujitsu which I was like I don't know what you're talking about like I'd seen some UFC fights but I didn't really I didn't understand like oh wrestling is that what you're talking about so anyway um I, I was pretty ignorant on all that but turns out his brother worked under Jocko for quite a while 
um, and did a lot of just amazing things overseas and elsewhere. Just an amazing guy, the video and stuff I've seen. But um, Alex's brother was killed or died in a, I think, a training accident. Um, but anyway, I, I'd heard, I kind of had a foundation grid a grid a little bit for and i love like this on jocko's podcast and all that and shout out to alex i haven't seen you in forever i hope you're doing well i don't know what state you're living in now but i did see his youtube video on the on his brother's funeral just very moving and touching um Mm. so i have like a personal i feel like connection to to this whole kind of story um and basically those who don't know The subtitle of this book, so the book is called Extreme Ownership, but it's How Navy Seals Lead and Win. And so after Jocko retired from the SEAL team, now he's doing a lot of business Business. consultation and that kind of thing. Because once you get leading a team... Right. That applies in every area of your life. Right. And when you... Especially in battle, right? And they were in heavy fighting in urban areas in Ramadi. And so I'm just going to kind of go through this a little bit of this first chapter and give an overview um, of this so that you can kind of get an idea of what extreme ownership is and the example he lays out. And I think it's very helpful because we, we need this, all of us need this in our life more and more. Right. Okay. So you have questions? <laughs> I couldn't tell that look on your face. I was just going to hold the mic while you Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. You're going to hold the mic this time. Uh, we just... We are doing this really fast and quick episode, so we don't have anything it's set really up. Late at night. <laughs> it's really late at night. We're trying so, to show up for you guys. So they were fighting in Iraq. The United States was uh, fighting with its allies, uh, but the city of Ramadi was being overrun by insurgents who were just doing very bad things to the civilians. A lot of the bad guys were not even from there necessarily. They were just wanting to fight and just do lots of bad things, right? So if you imagine the grid kind of like a tic-tac-toe board of the city being drawn out on the, the Americans' maps, we're like, hey, we need to take this group. You know, you take this group. Like the Marines, you take this group. The Army, you're going to take this group. And they had to do all the fighting with Iraqi soldiers too. So it was, kinda, it was very complicated. It was a very complicated, very fierce, heavy fighting, right? So in a nutshell, what happened was people got in the wrong place. They were all these different units and groups were supposed to move into a new area. Well, there wasn't very good communication. Like some of, like the the, what's the sniper, um, American sniper guy, Chris Kyle. He was in this group of seals, like the the famous movie. You don't know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> okay, whatever. I'm just um, nodding my head and going along. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> blank. It's hard to get a conversation going. <laughs> Um, but like it was, it was, there's document, like there's movies and stuff about this. It was that intense and that kind of like a big a deal, if you will. So basically people didn't follow their grids, like on the maps, like, Hey, you got this section, you got this section, you got this, this section and people crossed over into other people's sections. Does that make sense? Yes. Cause you're not giving me a look like I'm making any sense yes, at all. I'm okay. tracking. Okay. So what happened was it ended up. Um, one of Jocko's teams, his SEAL teams, were they were in bad. They called for like, we need emergency help, and then we need emergency emergency help because we're getting overrun. And it's like, oh, that's really bad. So then they brought in tanks because the fighting was so fierce in this other part. <laughs> Turns out what had happened. Long story short, um, 
it was a friendly fire situation where they thought it was bad guys. Both sides thought it was bad guys. It wasn't bad guys. They were all good guys shooting at each other with tanks about to blow each other up and like bad stuff, right? So when they found out this happened, Jocko writes that his whole, the day was over. (laughs) Like you have to go home, you have to go to your timeout. (laughs) Like it's a big deal. Like and all the important people come in and like say, what happened? What did you do? Like we got, like it's, you don't, it's like going to the principal's office in elementary school, right? It's like going to the superintendent's office, right? You don't want to do that, right? So I'm, I'm making this really quick, but you should get the book. Just even the first chapter, you'd be like, wow, that's crazy. So they were like, you need to get ready for a presentation, like PowerPoints and everything about what happened and why did you screw this up, <laughs> right? So Jocko. So that's so bad. You can imagine, when your team has you know, failed so and you're yeah, about yeah. to debrief so, it. So you're about to debrief it and you're about to get, some heads are going to roll, right? You know what I mean? Like this is unacceptable. You know, you, you know, you're looking incompetent, whatever. So he goes through all these PowerPoints, right? These, this people moved off of this grid where they're not supposed to be. They didn't tell anybody they had moved to this other place. This other group didn't tell anybody. This other group didn't tell anybody. So it's like the whole time he could tell, like, oh, it's their fault. Oh, wait, they did this part. Oh, it's their fault now. You know, it's like, oh, he could have gone through this whole thing. He didn't. And so the whole presentation he went through and his team members and all these other people were like, that's our fault. We should we didn't communicate properly. We didn't have good, you know, we didn't know what was going on with you all. Y'all didn't know what was going on us. It just happened. It was a bad, you know, Murphy's Law kind of stuff, right? And then Jocko asks, whose fault was this? And they say, and and everybody's like, oh, it's my fault, it's my fault, which is pretty cool team. You know, if you've got your team saying, it was my fault, right? This is this. Thankfully, there was, I think, only one Iraqi soldier killed, um, and it could have been, it should have been really, really bad. Other, I think um, some people were wounded, but, you know, functional, functioning um, still. So, Jocko says no. And this was all the big wigs and everybody. He's like, no, this is my fault. I'm the leader. I'm in charge. This is my fault. This is what we're going to do next time. Right? Wow. <laughs> so, well, like, yeah. So why would you, like, so now it's your turn to talk because I feel like I've been talking for 10 minutes. Um, why is that a wow? Like, what is that? What's that talk about human nature? You're talking about your head on the line. Like, that's your career on the line, Right. And so why is that a wow? Because you're in the business world. <laughs> well, I think anybody who's alive right now is used to hearing a lot of people from, you know, international politicians all the way down to the local pr- business owner who is pointing fingers and saying, this is their problem. They created this kind of thing. Um, but we're not seeing... I'm taking ownership for this situation. And I think, you know, really that starts in our own lives and in the family. Like, that's where we need to start seeing this shift to extreme ownership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like we've seen that some. Our oldest boys have read this book, and you all have discussed it. And we're starting to see, like, if somebody messes up in the house, right. <laughs> whatever it is, or there's a fight, you know, the kids fight over something, they're starting to get to the place where they're like, it was my fault because right. I said something I shouldn't have said. Right. Or the other ones say, it was my fault. 
I forgot to do this thing, which is such a more pleasant situation than trying to come in and figure out who did what and how can we kind of mend the situation. Right, right. And that's what this whole book is basically like your pride and your ego are the issue. Like it's really a book about being humble and like learning, which would you think of Navy SEALs and the military? You don't think of humility necessarily. You know what I mean? You think of like people in your face yelling at you or just commanding you what to do and you got to go do it. And that's what the whole book is like. No, because you can't, you can't continue momentum in a team of any kind if that's how you operate always. Like there has to be that heart. Because what, what do your, if, if the people you're leading see you go, you know what? This is my fault. I screwed up on this. What do your, you know what I mean? And they're like, you may, obviously if you say, oh, I screwed up on this and tomorrow I'm going to do it again, screw up again, right? Like that's not what we're talking about, right? right? We're talking about like, oh, I screwed up on this. (sighs) We've got to make some changes and the changes have to start with me. Like if your leader says that, you're going to be like, okay, let's, let's, let's go. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like what does that do for, for everyone in the whole organization? It doesn't matter, military or whatever, when you say, hey, uh, you know what? We're, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I missed this here. Let's let's go back and let's, you know, let's re-examine this. And I don't know many people who'd be like not in agreement with that as long as it's like from that place of humility and like I made a mistake. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's just, that's a great place to start from. And so that book, that's just the first chapter. It has a lot of principles that we are using and it just kind of helps you reframe life. Right. And even, you know, on a small scale, because not many of us are going to be in the situation where we're, you know, life and death shooting, that kind of thing. But even like our three youngest sons have been having a lot of problems getting along lately. Right. And so especially we, for our house. especially like we for our house, like- right, right, right. But like at night, they're, I mean, the last week, I mean, they've just been off the chain every night. It's like, he touched me. He did this. Why are they my brothers? You know, all of this kind of thing. And so, you know, you and I took a step back and we're like, you know what? It's part of our fault because we rearranged the beds so that they could touch each other. Right. I mean, not with that purpose, but we realized when we allowed them to move their beds this way, they can touch each other at night. So we had to take the ownership of saying, you know what, we're not going to just like spank or lecture or take away privileges from you guys. We're going to come in, we're going to take ownership, and we're going to creatively problem solve here. And we moved their beds where they can't touch each other at night. Right. So yeah, that's what part of I've been doing this afternoon. But like, how does that help our kids? They just realize, oh wait, I'm, I'm not alone in this. Like, my parents are hearing me. You know what I mean? Like, it was a shift. They were all like, okay. And they were all like giving each other five at the end because we had to remeasure. I don't know what happened. The measurements on one of the beds, all the beds are homemade because all the store beds we keep buying break. (laughs) So I was like, I have to build industrial beds that (laughs) I'm not a welder, but this is like two by sixes wood. It's like wood. And I'm like, this bed. You know, it's going to last forever. <laughs> so one of my measurements, because uh, I built this other bed. Anyway, I didn't build them all at the same time. 
And so one of my measurements on one bed was different than the other bed. So anyway, it took forever. It's so it sounded like elephants during your meeting yes. <laughs> coming through. And then I heard of water buffalo. Didn't know if you knew that's yeah, what it sounded that's, like. So, sorry. It was supposed to be a short and easy thing, but it wasn't. So, But we took ownership, and it shifted the whole house, even though we're not done with the project completely. They were like all like giving each other high five. Like we did this great job because I would encourage them. I was like, "Good guys, this is awesome. Look how good this looks." They're like, "Yeah, this is really good." It was just a small thing, but it was super powerful. Right. And as we look at potentially being quarantined again, having healthy family relationships is huge. Mm-hmm. But even you know thinking about this, what does this look like in the work atmosphere? What does this look like in a business kind of thing? I was on a work meeting when you were rearranging and sounding like herds of wild animals above me. Um, And one thing is that my supervisor has been just, she has totally stepped up and has offered on multiple occasions to cover my back. Not that anything was wrong, but that she saw, hey, I can tell that, you know, things are wearing on you. I can see the burnout happening (laughs) in people just facing life. So it wasn't even that there was a problem that she was taking ownership of the problem. It was, hey, I can see a potential problem. How can I step up as a leader to cover for you so that you can do what you need to take care of you so that we can continue the journey together? Which I think, you know, it's the same principle. It's a different look at it instead of just the problem aspect not even waiting for the problem but saying hey i can see a potential problem so i'm going to take ownership and help out my team now right because a good leader knows like that it takes a little more energy it takes a good relationship with the people you work with to say that to say hey i see that things are getting a little frazzled here because you have to have a good relationship like to see that but you end up saving your own energy and time if you deal with that before it becomes an issue Oh, absolutely. you know what I mean? Like, uh, maybe we need to, maybe we need to tweak this just a little bit here. Let's talk about this thing. Like, you just saved months, <laughs> maybe, of having to clean up a mess. You know, right? Because right. we all know what happens when you get burnt out. It's just not good, not pretty. <laughs> right, right. And the people above her supported her in that decision, but they weren't there saying, "Hey, you need to make sure this doesn't happen." Right. You know. She was just had that forward vision. Right, right, right. So, yeah, that's good. All right. So I would love to hear how people apply this because, I mean, you can apply this in so many ways. We have talked about one of the problems that we see just in society right now is people outsource their life. They outsource their children. They outsource their health. They outsource all of these things. So what if we started just following in this revolutionary thinking that Jocko laid out? of taking extreme ownership. Hey, you know what? My health is is my responsibility. My kids' education, it's my responsibility. All of these different areas. Yeah. So. So we should continue. We should do another chapter or something in the future. But it's a great book. There's multiple books Shaco has. You should definitely check them out. And the, he does have some kids' books now, too. Yeah, Just books. a little plug for him. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking time to listen and hang out with us. Remember, you are valuable and what you do matters. We would love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or our website, lsfpodcast.com. Blessings. Thank you. Thank you.